Section 25 of Anthropology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Anthropology, Book 1, by Immanuel Kant. Translated by Adolf Ernst Kroger. Section 25. Concerning Talent, Wit, and the specific distinction between comparing and argumentative wit. Concerning the talents belonging to the faculty of cognition. 52. Talent, a natural gift, signifies that preeminence of the faculty of cognition which does not depend upon teaching, but upon the natural disposition of the subject. Those talents are productive wit, Ingenium, strictius, so, materialiter dictum, sagacity and originality in thinking, or genius. Wit is either of a comparing character, ingenium comparens, or argumentative, ingenium argutans. Wit compares or assimilates heterogeneous conceptions which often lie far apart, according to the law of the power of imagination of association it is a peculiar faculty of assimilating which belongs to the understanding as a faculty of cognizing things in general in so far as it gives us the objects of our generalizations afterwards wit needs the faculty of judgment in order to subsume the particular under the general and to apply the faculty of thinking for the purpose of cognition we cannot learn to be witty, whether in speech or in writing, by the mechanism and forcing of schools, but wit as a special talent belongs to the liberality of our disposition in the interchange of thoughts. Venium, damas, petamusque vicesum, a quality of the understanding which it is difficult to explain. It is a sort of affability on the part of the understanding which contrasts with the severity of the faculty of judgment, judicium dissertivium, in the application of the general to the particular, the conception of the kind to that of the species, which faculty of judgment retrenches the faculty of assimilation as well as the disposition to exercise it concerning the specific distinction between comparing and argumentative wit a concerning productive wit fifty three it is pleasant popular and exhilarating to discover similarities between dissimilar subjects and to create subject matter for the understanding in order to make its conceptions general which is precisely what wit does the faculty of judgment, on the contrary, which limits the sphere of conceptions and helps rather to correct than to extend them, is, to be sure, mentioned and recommended with great respect, but then it is serious, severe, and restrictive in regard to the freedom of thought. Consequently, it is unpopular. The doing or not doing of comparing wit is rather play, but the doing or not doing of the power of judgment is business. The former is a flower of youth, the latter a mature fruit of age. A person who combines both in one mental product 
and in a rather higher degree is called an ingenious man perspicus wit runs after conceits judgment works to obtain insights considerateness watchful care is a burgomaster virtue a disposition to protect and govern a city in accordance with law under the supreme command of the castle but the great author of the system of nature buffoon was by his countrymen accredited with boldness hardy regardless of the objections that might be raised by the faculty of judgment although his daring venture looked somewhat like immodesty or frivolity wit is more in search after the froth judgment after the nutriment beneath to institute a chase after witty saints bones mots such as the abbot trouble promulgated in great number and thereby put wit on the rack gives rise to empty minds but disgusts in course of time the more cultured persons such minds are inventive in fashions that is an accepted rules of conduct which please only by their newness and before they are brought into general use must be changed for other forms that are just as transitory wit using puns is shallow and mere broodiness micrology of the faculty of judgment is pedantic humorous wit signifies a wit which rises from a tendency of the mind towards the paradoxical in this case the main and tone are altogether serious and yet you see lurking behind them the roguish intent whose only ambition is to make someone or maybe his own opinion subject to laughter this is done by giving undue laudation to the opposite of what ought to meet approval persiflage let me instance swift's art to crawl in poetry or butler's hudibras this sort of wit endeavors to make the contemptible still more contemptible by sheer force of contrast is very exhilarating by the surprise of the unexpected but it is after all simply play and shallow witticism like that of voltaire whereas that kind of wit which clothes true and important principles in the garb of a disguise as young does in his satires may be called a sledgehammer wit since it means business and excites more admiration than enjoyment a proverb proverbium is not a really witty saying bon mot for it is a formula which has become general and expresses a thought that is perpetuated by imitation and may have been witty enough in the mouth of the first one who uttered it hence the speaking by means of proverbs is the language of the common people and shows a thorough lack of wit in the intercourse of the more polite world it is very true that profundity is not a matter of wit but in so far as wit may be a vehicle or hull for reason or for the handling of the morally practical ideas of reason we may well distinguish between profound and shallow wit for instance in waller's life we find a specimen of the as they are called remarkable sayings of samuel johnson concerning women Quote, undoubtedly he praised many whom he would have hesitated to marry and probably married one whom he would have been ashamed to praise 
the only thing to be admired here is the playfulness of the antithesis but reason gains nothing thereby but whenever the problem touched question of reason his friend boswell could not coax even a single one of those oracular sayings out of him of which he was in constant search which might have betrayed the least sign of wit on the contrary everything that he uttered concerning sceptics in point of religion or the powers of a government or human freedom in general turned out as was to be expected in view of his naturally inherent and constantly fostered despotism to be a clownish brutality which his admirers preferred to call gruffness but which really proved his great lack of uniting in one and the same thought wit with profundity footnote boswell tells that when a certain lord in his presence expressed his regret that johnson had not had a better education baretti said no no my lord no matter what you had done with him he would always have remained a bear ah well a dancing bear said the other and a third one johnson's friend who wished to soften the dictum said he has nothing of the bear about him but the skin End footnote. it also seems indeed as if the men of influence who paid no heed to his friends when they pushed him for parliament as an exceptionally fitted person were likewise lacking in appreciating his talents for that sort of wit which suffices for the composition of the dictionary of a language does not on that account suffice to awaken and revive those ideas of reason that are necessary for the insight into important matters of business modesty enters of itself into the soul of any one who feels himself qualified for such business matters and distrust in his own talents with a conviction that he ought not to decide for himself but also take into consideration the judgment of others this was a quality which johnson never possessed b concerning sagacity or the gift of investigation fifty four in order to discover or detect something which lies concealed either in ourselves or otherwhere we need often a special talent which tells us how to investigate properly it is a natural gift to judge offhand judici privi as to where truth might possibly be found to get at the trace of things and to make use of the slightest signs of relationship to discover or invent that of which we have often been in search the logic of the schools teaches us nothing on this point but bacon of verulam gave us in his organon a magnificent example of the method by which we might discover through experiments the concealed quality of the things of nature but even this example does not suffice does not give us the needed advice as to how we ought to proceed according to fixed laws and how we ought to manage so as to investigate luckily for we must always in these cases presuppose something must commence with an hypothesis from which we have determined to begin our excursion and this must be done according to certain indications in accordance with certain principles now the great trouble is to find how those principles are to be scented out 
for it is a very bad way of indicating the proper mode of investigation by giving advice to go it blind and trusting to good luck to expect to find a mineral mine wherever sporadic mineral indications are found and yet there are people who have a talent of tracing the treasures of knowledge without having learned how to do so and just as if they had a divining rod in their hands hence of course they cannot teach the mode to others they can only show how they themselves do it it being a natural gift End of section 25